when I hear the word bullies and see the question that's been presented the last few weeks of what is your bully story, I have quite a few thoughts. My first is the first bullies that I've ever faced in my life. And for those that are listening and are the youngest of the family, you know exactly who I'm talking about. That's right, I'm talking about our older siblings if you have some, if you've been blessed with older siblings. And uh, I'm gonna talk about my big brother and my big sister. And hear me when I say that I know everything they did to me was out of love when we were younger. And uh, I love them to death now, and I loved them to death earlier, but they made a great bully duo, and I lived with some bullies. So I could share multiple stories, but I thought I would share one that has been my favorite over the years. I have a vivid memory from when I was about eight years old. My older sister and my older brother came up with this plan, this plan to sneak attack me together. And this plan has never been pulled off before, but somehow it managed to be pulled off. These two bombarded me and they grabbed me by my pants. And I really thought I was just gonna get a big wedgie, but I in fact was dragged then over to the bunk bed that my brother and I shared. And I was hung from my underwear on the bunk bed. And they just left me there. They just left me hanging and then they felt bad because my feet started to go numb after like 20 minutes of hanging. And this was the first interaction I ever had with bullies. And like I said, I knew this was all out of love and they were doing their jobs as older siblings. But when we all hear the word bully, we tend to think of something or an interaction with someone. We all have a bully story. So maybe when you hear the word bully, you travel back in time to elementary school however long ago that was. So some of you may think of the mean girls that made fun of your clothing, your weight, they, th they called you ugly, whatever it may be. And for the young boys, maybe you were not the most athletic, so you got made fun of for that, or you weren't the strongest. Or maybe your bullies were through your high school years. And that was an awful place for you to go into. You hated walking through those doors because you knew exactly what was waiting behind them for you. Maybe now it's as you're in your full-time career and the bully is the boss of your company. Maybe he or she's just a bully that walks around and makes decisions and doesn't think about how it's gonna impact other people. They don't care and they're selfish and how they're gonna hurt others. Or we all know those bullies on those Facebook accounts that we see. The bullies hide behind the screens they rip others apart because of their opinions, their beliefs, their political agenda, whatever it may be. They say statements that they would never say to your face. And this online platform quickly becomes a toxic place for anyone logging on, whether you share your opinion or not. And besides my older siblings, and on a more serious note, a more recent thought of bullies I had was an experience I had this past spring with the middle school students here at church on a Wednesday night. I get the privilege every Wednesday to hang out with the middle school students and I absolutely love it. But this past spring, we were right in the middle of a series called Do Something and this was a big series. This was a series all about the injustices that our middle school students have seen or have faced while living in the world that we're in. And so the injustices that we discussed were from a wide range. They went from global poverty to racism, to sexism, to academic injustices, and more. And we also finally talked about bullying. 
to help these students understand the idea of the injustices impacting all of us in one way or another, we decided to let our students interact in my message. So during this interactive portion in my message, we gave each student a little candle light, a battery operated candle. And we turned all the lights down in the theater and we blocked all the windows so there was no light coming in. The room was dark. And during this time we sat in silence and I read down a list of injustices that they may have faced in their life. And I started reading the list and I would read items like raise your light in the air if some of your friends can afford a tutor but you cannot. Or raise your light in the air if you can't play certain sports because your family can't afford the fees. Or raise your light in the air if mom and dad are struggling with the bills. I kept the first few impactful but still surface level. And we got a few lights raised for each question, but they would raise them quickly and then bring them down even quicker because they were scared of what other people would think. But then I finally got to the statement that I was really interested in, and that was raise your light if you've ever been bullied in person or online. In that moment, I felt the hesitation even more in the room. And I did this and I was just standing looking at them and I was waiting for the reactions. But as I waited patiently during those quick few seconds, one candle rose, and then another rose, and another, and another, and soon every single candle in the room was rose. I was looking at 50 students who had just told me that they had been bullied. In that moment, I froze. I was in shock. I didn't know how to react. 50 students, 50 individuals who I care about and I love for who they are, have all been bullied and were struggling with it at some point or the other. And they all just admitted it to me all at once. And I realized I had a few quick seconds to keep going with my sermon. So I quickly had the students open their eyes while their hands were up in the air. And they were able to see that they weren't alone facing these bullies, that there were other people who had been there. But as I finished my sermon that night, I couldn't help but dive deeper into that question of bullying and the impact it's had on my students. I started to walk around during the last half of our hangout time that night, and I started to ask them about how they felt with the bullies and how that made them feel. These were some of the words that came up in the conversations. The bullies made me feel dumb. They made me feel like I didn't matter. I was embarrassed. I felt like I was alone, and I felt like I couldn't say anything. And hearing all those words and statements, I couldn't help but agree. Bullies have made me feel this way in my life, too. Bullies are real, and we all know that. They're present in all chapters of our lives. The biggest thing is they're from our childhood to our young adult and to being a parent. Bullies are real. In this world we live in, the generation our students are living in, the biggest weapon that the bullies use is their voice. The power behind the words these bullies use is big and hurtful and loud. When we start to listen to the voices of the bullies, we start to coil up and lose our own voices. And how awful is that feeling? Not being able to speak up, to feel silenced, or it's awful feeling like you can't stand up for yourself because someone else's voice was louder than your own. And those voices are just feeding you lies. And this got me thinking, whose voice in my life, as a 25-year-old woman, am I letting having power over me? Whose voice am I allowing to talk over my own? 
Whose voice am I allowing to talk over God's voice, the voice of truth? Whose voice is bullying me and making me feel voiceless? And now I'm extending that to you. Whose voice in your life are you allowing to have power over you and to silence you? Whose voice in your life is louder than all the others and causing you to feel little, worthless, and powerless? Maybe when you hear that question, you think of the childhood friend that never gave you a break. They always found something wrong with you. Or maybe it's one or both of your parents. They have high standards for you and they make you feel less than when you don't meet them. Or they disagree with how you're raising your own children. Bullies is the name of the series we have been going through this summer. And we have been breaking down the life of David and all the bullies that have come across his path. Last week, Kenzie spoke an awesome message about 1 Samuel 17 with a message that taught us all about the expectations in life that we may face. She broke down the moment that King Saul presented his armor to David and expected him to fight in it. But David realized that that armor was not going to fit, that that armor wouldn't help him be successful in his battle, and that the idea of being a misfit is our calling and that we are called to stand out because that's exactly what Jesus did. And we are on week six of our series, and we're going to be diving into one bully today that made sure his voice was heard over everyone else's. But before we begin, let's spend some time in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for today, God, and the chance to worship together as a church um, and your people. God, I ask that your spirit would be present this morning and moving in those listening, and that we'd be able to walk away with a new lesson about your love and your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. So this week we are picking up in 1 Samuel 17:41. if you have your Bible with you or you're following along on your app. And today we're going to be looking at eight great verses to conclude our story of David and Goliath. So in verse 41, it says, Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was a little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. So right away, just by looking at Goliath's reaction to David's appearance, we can tell that Goliath is offended. It says Goliath despised David. Goliath hated him. Goliath loathed him. Goliath rejected him. And Goliath is expecting a giant, a strong man, the strongest Israelite, probably similar to himself in stature. But he got David, a boy that was small and young and in good health. And of course, Goliath, the, local, the vocal giant that he is, he was wanting some respect and glory from this battle. And so the larger opponent that he battles, the more glory and respect he would receive. And then David shows up. It changes the amount of glory that Goliath could walk away with. Goliath is offended by David's choice of armor and offended that someone of his build and his stature would even consider challenging him. We continue in verse 43 and 45 and it says, He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. So something important about this verse right here is that in the East during this time, dogs were seen as contempt. And when I say contempt, I mean that the dogs were seen as beneath consideration, they were seen as worthless, and they were seen as less deserving. So automatically, the way that David arrives with his choice of weapons and his armor, Goliath sees him as some type of contempt, similar to a dog. Goliath sees David as worthless 
and he sees David as not worth his time. He saw him as a useless animal. And so this built up anger and frustration and offense felt by Goliath causes him to start to make his voice loud. He starts to try and overpower the voice in David's life that has been consistent through this whole time. And that is the voice of God. And he does this by cursing out David's gods. And then Goliath uses his voice again to pose a threat of feeding David's body to the wild animals once he has been defeated. And after all these loud threats of intimidation or shame or defeat, David had two ways that he could have responded to the voice of Goliath, the voice of his bully. First, David could have heard everything Goliath said to him, and he could have just taken it. He could have accepted it. He could have believed in it. He could have let those words strike him like a knife. David could have allowed the words of his bully to intimidate him, to bring him shame, to degrade him, and make him feel insignificant. David could have turned from listening to the voice of God and turned away from the calling the Lord had on him and instead turned to the voice of his bully and all the lies and the intimidation factors that were used against him. And I was thinking, how many times do we do that? How many times do we hear negative, shameful comments about ourselves and the things we do and why we do them? And how often do we turn to that? How often do we forget the calling the Lord has on our lives? How often do we turn away from the voice of truth and instead turn to the voices of the world because it seems easier in the moment? How often do we allow the voices of others to control the actions and the thoughts we have in this world? Maybe you're battling with the voices of the world on how to be the best mother or the best father to your children. You raise your children one way, but the world swoops in and tells you to raise them another way. And now you start to question every decision you make for your children. Maybe it's how to be the best spouse. You see the other relationships flourishing and you feel like yours is at a standstill. You see the other relationships starting to be, grow and be strong and you become embarrassed or shameful of where your relationship is at. You give in and throw the towel in and call it quits and you forget about the calling that God has on your marriage. If Goliath with the reputation he had with his physical appearance started saying all of this to me, I don't know how I would have responded. I would have liked to say that I would have fought back and turn to the voice of truth. But I think looking at the situation and the environment I was facing, I would have automatically shut down. I would have felt powerless. I would have felt like I had not enough things to fight this giant. I think I would have felt voiceless. My focus on God's voice would have been shifted to Goliath's. This loud, obnoxious, shameful voice of this giant had been present for 40 days. 40 days. David could have given in to the voice of Goliath and believed everything that he had said to him. Or David's second option on how to respond could have been turning to the Lord and finding comfort in his voice, finding comfort and security in his voice, the voice of truth. And David did just that. In verses 45 through 47, we read, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. 
The day of the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And that all is the assembly may know that the Lord saves not with the sword and spear, but the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. David didn't allow Goliath's loud, big voice to have power over him. David stayed true to the calling that the Lord had on his life. He had humility and confidence in the Lord, and he had confidence and trust in the Lord's plan for him. He heard the bully's voice. He identified it. But instead of giving in, he turned his voice and his mind to the truth. He angled his life towards the voice of truth. And we don't just see humility in the Lord from David in just this story, but in the several Psalms he wrote as well. Paul described these Psalms all the way back in week one of the series as conversations about shame, deliverance from shame. And David writing these Psalms knows that God will not leave us covered in shame, but instead God has better things for us. David continues to show humility through every situation in the story where a bully pops up. We see his humility in Psalm 44, 6 through 8, and it says, I put no trust in my bow. My sword does not bring me victory, but you give us victory over our enemies. You put our adversaries to shame. In God, we make our boast all day long, and we will praise your name forever. David is saying that no weapon, no armor, no strength of his own will give him victory over this giant. God will bring the victory. And if we stay true to his calling over our lives, his purpose for our lives, we then can celebrate all day long knowing that his voice spoke over all the other voices in this world. God's voice, his voice of truth, has so much more power than we think or believe sometimes. Being human, we all try and use our own armor to protect ourselves from the voices of our giants, to give us power, and to do it on our own. But those weapons, those things we try and use to do on our own, will never have the power that the power of his voice has. And I'm not saying by any means that it is easy listening to God's calling on our lives. It's not a cakewalk. It's not a step you choose to do once and move on. It's a daily step. These Israelites sat for 40 days, 40 days of listening to Goliath's voice, and they sat in fear and intimidation and felt powerless and voiceless. But David came, and instead of giving in to the voices, he stayed true, true to God. Because he listened to the voice of truth, he found his voice and was able to proclaim victory and defeat over the giant that had brought so much shame to so many others. And if you're familiar with the story, you know exactly how this ended, but David beat Goliath with the five smooth stones and a sling. David took a stone out, put it in his sling and shot it at him and it struck him in the forehead and he fell to the ground. David defeated Goliath. Goliath came to this battle with the weapon of his voice. He talked the talk. He brought the shame and the disgust to David's life in the way he appeared. David came to the battle with the weapon of trust and humility and confidence in the Lord. David trusted the voice of God and his calling he had on his life. David ultimately was tempted to lose his voice, but because he had God, he fought so hard so his voice was heard. The voices of our world will always try and mute our voices. 
They will always try and speak over us. They will try and quiet us and make us not feel heard, especially when it comes to sharing God's word. And we must lean into God's calling for us, God's voice calling out to us. We must stop and even if it's intimidating or scary, we must allow the voice of truth to mute the bullies instead of our own because then it'll guide us to find our own voice. If you asked 20-year-old Grace where she would be in five years, the answer would not be standing here. Um, I would not be here standing on this stage speaking to all of you. Five years ago, I was a 20-year-old, which is a hard age, and I was lost in what my calling was. I was at a standstill with my academics. I was working a cafe job that I hated and was struggling to find my spot in the world. I had done college for a year. I took a gap year thought I had to go back to college to do it again because I was supposed to listen to these voices of the peers around me and the societal pressures. The voices were getting to me. And I started to believe in the lies that they were feeding to me, the lies of who I am and where I belong and what I should be doing. I quickly found after some time spent in scripture and studying the love of God and how different it is than the love of this world, I quickly realized that I was silencing the voice of truth from speaking into my own life. When I started to shift my focus from the world to God's voice, I started seeing more and more gifts and opportunities that had been presented in front of me and that I'd been blessed with from God that eventually led me to youth ministry and investing in the youth and the next generation. When I started saying yes to God's voice instead of the societies, I started seeing myself become more and more like Jesus. And then I started to find my own voice. And when we find our voices and use them, there will be people like Goliath that despise us or they don't like our voices or our thoughts or our opinions, the things that we have to express. They may try even harder to silence our voices. There are people in my life, whether I realize it or not, that probably don't like what I do. And they don't like the fact that I'm listening to God's voice rather than their voice. But I remind myself of a verse a simple verse that I would like to remind you of this morning that helps me remember that no matter the voices that try and speak over my voice and God's voice, we must stand firm in the Lord and rely on him. A simple verse to remember today is 1 Corinthians 16, 13. It says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and strong. We must stand firm in our faith, keep our focus on the voice of truth. Because when we ignore the voices of the world, and focus on his voice, hearing our own voice and understanding our calling will become easier to understand. So now what? How do we lean into God's voice over the hundreds that we hear on a daily basis? Here are just a few next steps as we close today. First, ask yourself the question we presented earlier this morning. Whose voice are you allowing to quiet your own voice? But more importantly, whose voice is shifting your focus away from God's voice? and his calling. Identify that voice. Identify where in life this voice is most present and make note of it. Maybe it's with certain people or a certain environment when you're in there. Then once you can identify it, make a conscious decision to move towards the voice of truth and what God says about who you are and not what the voices say you are. And maybe the best way for you to move towards the voice of truth, towards God's voice during these moments, is to meditate on the names that God has for you. And those names being child of God, beloved, his son, his daughter, a masterpiece, chosen. 
And there are so many more. Take time to pray over those names. Take time to surrender the names of the voices of the world that are telling you, the names that the giants are identifying you by. Names like unloved, not enough, unworthy, a mess. And finally, maybe your next step this summer is to make your voice heard, to make an outward proclamation of your trust and hope in Jesus Christ. And this summer, you have the perfect opportunity to do so. Splash 2021 is coming up on August 29th, and this is an amazing opportunity to take the next step in your faith and become baptized. And if that's something you are interested in, we would love to walk alongside you in that. You can stop at our Connections tent before you leave today or find more information on our website. In this life, our giants will use their voices to steal our own voices, to talk over us and bring more shame into our lives. But we can find hope in the voice of truth to help us find our voices once again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we move on past church and enter into our weeks of things to do and the to-do list, God, that I pray that you would help us recognize the voices of the world that start to creep in and feed us lies, God. I would pray that you would guide us to turn the, to the voice of truth in your calling on our life. I pray we'd be able to remember that we are here for a purpose and we are here to use our voices to glorify your name. Help us become more and more like you every day. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.